Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Fellowship Asheville Combo Cast, where we hope to inspire you with stories of what God is doing in and through the people of Fellowship Asheville. And, and if you've been following along, you know that we're in season three, where we are introducing you to those missions and missionaries and organizations that we partner with because they are just doing really good work. And today, I want to introduce you to Bill Wellens of Fellowship Associates, which he'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a minute. But I want to tell you what this man means to me. I call him my Yoda. Um, because here's why. you Church, you've heard me talk about my mentors. You've heard me talk about counselors in my life. Uh, it's probably new to you to hear me talk about the Yoda in my life, but this is this is Bill Wellens, and uh, uh, we were talking right before I hit record, and Fellowship Associates is the church planting organization that started us, but they have planted over 150 churches, I think is what you said, 150? 15, yeah. It's 115. And here's what's, here's what's amazing. Uh, with all of that, anytime I call Bill, he either takes the call right then or uh, returns my call within minutes. And I'll throw out a question to him that I'm just stumped on. And he has something for me every single time. And it usually starts with a question, not an answer which is why it's like Yoda. Um, and so, uh, so Bill, I appreciate you. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for our congregation to get to know you and a little bit more about Fellowship Associates. So with that, why don't you introduce yourself? To yeah, our well, let me just start by saying, uh, uh, for I want everyone to know how much I appreciate Fred Baker and our partnership and uh, all of you guys at Fellowship uh, there in Asheville, um, I really appreciate you and I appreciate for the opportunity even to share today. So thank you so much yeah. for including me in the loop. And as far as yeah. me and Yoda, and for those in the congregation, don't take that too far. Don't go too far. <laughs> you're, not, you're not 500 years old, <laughs> yeah. about to die. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, Carolyn and I have been married for 51 years. We have three adult uh, children. Uh, we have 11 grandkids of all shapes and sizes, uh, 22 to three years old, and uh, they can keep us busy. Uh, the short, uh, maybe, version of, of kind of my journey would have started maybe when we started the church in Little Rock, uh, Fred, in 1977, and Carolyn and I and about 14 other people, uh, much too small a group to actually launch a church, but we did. I broke all the rules up. God just bless us anyway. Yeah. And, uh, but we started in 1977. I served as a teaching pastor um, at the church in a number of roles over, over 32 years there. And then in 1999, we started Fellowship Associates. And so I was at Fellowship Bible Church for about 32 years. I've been here now full-time at Fellowship Associates for 17 years. And I can't believe wow. that every time I share that, I can't believe it's like another whole vocation. Yeah. Let me just say this about those things. So um, it has been such a blessing to me. I'm old enough now I can look back on my journey at Fellowship Bible Church and, and all that. And what a wonderful privilege that was. But really, I feel like we were part of a miracle. Mm. But because we knew how to do everything, we didn't know how to do anything. We were we were just getting ready for Sunday. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but uh, a wonderful experience for me. And then I have been allowed at Fellowship Associates, maybe for some different reasons, to also enjoy just uh, incredible time working with young leaders and mm 
our network and so forth and you and and others like you so that's kind of a flyby but that that might give a pretty good picture okay great so uh what's something about you that most folks don't know yeah i'm going to mention two things on that okay <laughs> these just came to mind one is i like to buy and sell cars do you really i love the whole process i love meeting people negotiating talking about uh, uh different things about it um and so it's kind of a hobby I, i'll probably do that i don't do it as much now as i did at one time but uh, probably every couple of years i'm trading my car and getting a new car and it's not all about thinking oh gosh i've had a, a new car i buy used vehicles i mm -hmm. don't buy brand new mm -hmm. but it's me and uh, I just like the journey and trying out something new and all. So that's one. Okay. What's uh, your favorite? What's been your favorite car? Oh, gosh, that's hard. Um, I had a few cars back. I had a Toyota Avalon. Yeah. And it's really a nice driving car. It is that's nice. Yeah. Nicest. Uh, uh, my wife uh, drives a Highlander, mm -hmm. and that's one of the most. That's one of the best cars I think we've ever had. Mm -hmm. I presently have a Ridgeline uh, Honda. Okay, okay. My, so, first truck, my first truck. Okay, and the truck I, for I people really, that don't want to fully commit to a truck. The that's exactly yeah, right. So yeah, you have a car with a truck body. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, so I really enjoy that. The other thing that uh, probably very few would would know is, and I don't do this all the time, but um, I've always enjoyed pistols. And I don't have an arsenal of pistols, but I've got a couple. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy going to shoot those uh, in a uh, at a range, uh, indoor range, and just it's just kind of like it's so different from anything else that I do. It's just kind of a, mm -hmm. a fun cha change of pace and and that sort of thing. So those are a couple of things people That's probably great. know. That's great. We had a, a men's retreat years ago uh, out of the Young Life camp before it was officially open. And yeah. uh, one of the guys at our church, um, uh, he is he's kind of like a celebrity in the gun world. He does custom parts for guns and stuff. So awesome. he brought a whole shooting range for us. And oh. I'm awful. I'm awful with a gun. Like I, I so he <laughs> said he said, here, let me. See. So he put a little laser beam on yeah. my on my gun so I could see it. What I thought I thought everybody could see the little red dot. And apparently not because people like I would just aim, you know, and the little dot hits the bullseye. So you fire and the bullet yeah. goes right into the bullseye. Yeah. And everybody was like, you are an incredible shot. And I was like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the, it's the, cause I would like literally say, they go do, 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 do right across yeah. the targets. And they just thought I was some, some uh, eagle eye. I am not, I'm yeah, not. That's great. Well, Bill, okay. So if you started the church in 70, how did you come to know Jesus? What led you into the church planting world to begin with? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I was led to Christ by a dentist staying in our home in Little Rock, mm -hmm. who was uh, kind of on the lay staff with what is now crew. Then it was Campus Crusade for Christ. Okay. Mm -hmm. And of course, he shared the four spiritual laws with me and I prayed to receive Christ uh, in my den at mm -hmm. home. I was 17 years old. And I would have to say that I didn't, I, I didn't know Old Testament and New Testament. I didn't know hardly anything about the Bible. I didn't know anything about it'd be nice to be discipled after that. I mm -hmm. didn't know anything. And uh, but I did know that I, I was sincere in my decision and all. Mm -hmm. And I would say for the next four years, 
in the absence of any, um, even knowing about needing to grow and mature in my faith, um, I probably had one foot in kind of the Jesus world and one foot into the other world. Uh, and so from a junior in uh, uh, high school to almost a junior in college, I kind of lived that way. Mm -hmm. A little bit here, a little bit there. But I had a, a, a second decision, which I think was probably much more heartfelt and much more uh, deeply experienced by me. And that started a, a relationship uh, with someone. I was at the University of Arkansas at the time. And he said, well, why don't you come join the Bible study? And so I went to join the Bible study, you know, to get disciple and all that. Mm -hmm. had my Bible and all that. I didn't know where anything was or anything else. But I had that and I walked in. It was in, And he was talking about Romans chapter 7. And Romans chapter seven is about Paul saying, I do the very thing I don't want to yeah. do. Yeah. And I was going, man, is this bullseye on me? Right. And so it was a great, um, great beginning. Wow. And then it's like the Lord just opened my eyes to the scriptures and, um, and all of that. And I was, I was involved in a, a marriage and family ministry for about three or four years down in Dallas, Texas. Um, and while I was involved in that, I had the opportunity. I was like a fly on the wall, Fred. Uh, young couple, my wife and I were young. And frankly, the ministry was wonderful for us. And I was mm -hmm. doing kind of admin promoting and, you know, stuff like that. But one night we were at dinner and these couples had been about 10 years older than me, had been meeting for some time to start what they called a first century church in the 20th century. Okay, 19, nice tagline. Yeah, 1972. Uh -huh. And uh, so we started, and so we just are thrown right into that. I had never heard of church planning, but I remember thinking that might be the coolest thing I've ever heard about in my life. Hmm. So we started Fellowship Bible Church in Dallas and hired Gene Getz. Mm -hmm. Gene came and led the church, and you, I'm sure you know of him mm -hmm. today. And we became good friends and all. And that church actually sort of, uh, uh, I guess, commissioned us in a way or uh, to start the church in Little Rock. So it was that experience that kind of lit a fire in me because I got, it's like you're going, man, Lord willing, why would you want anything less than what you experienced? Mm -hmm. It was a great community, body life, great training for the kids, good teaching, uh, and we were all over the place. We, you know, it was, uh, back then, you didn't hear about a church plant. Mm -mm. I mean, no one was talking. There was no networks, no information, no books being written, nothing. Yeah. And, uh, but that whole, that would have been my spiritual journey that eventually left me to saying, you know, I think we need to start a church in Little Rock. I think there's a need. Yeah. So, so, so tell us about that. Tell us about starting the church in Little Rock and then how that evolved into Fellowship Associates and, and, and what sure. Fellowship Associates is. Yeah. Well, we were, uh, my wife and I were actually attending a Bible church. It was, it may have been the only Bible church in Little Rock at that time. We're going mm -hmm. back now. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, Little Rock is a social denominational bible ch bible church uh community and there's nothing wrong with any of that but that's mm -hmm. kind of so for openers what is a fellowship bible church 
But anyway, we were visiting that we were visiting uh, this uh, Bible church, and the pastor there was a great guy, good friend, Dallas Seminary grad, and we had been there for a year or so. And I went to him. And I said, "Bud, you know, we love the church, we love everybody here, but we really feel like God is putting on our hearts to start a church. We're not going to ask any of your people to join us. We're if they come to us and want to, we're going to send them to you, and they need to explain why God is leading them to do that, not just." getting recruited or something like that and so for a year a small group of us met in a house church a home and we prayed together and we read some books like uh i don't know if you know this book or remember it maybe ray steadman's book body life it cost oh yeah since i still have my book oh wow we went through that and then guests came out with a book called sharpening the focus of the church and we read that and we were studying some passages and the, and the scriptures and all prayed for a whole year. While we were doing that on Sunday, we went uh, to North Little Rock to a church, a good friend of ours and said, hey, this is what we're doing. I said, yeah, oh man, come on, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and after a year, I still remember all of us sitting around in a dining room, kind of in a circle. And it's kind of like, are you in or, or right. no? Is it a legitimate need or no? And, and of course, 100% said, yes, we need to do this thing. So we started in a a small um, private school. We had no money, so we bartered. We painted the fence, we mowed the yard, we cleaned up the trash, we painted the gym, all kinds of things like that. That's brilliant. (laughs) And uh, we had 30 30 people. You know, we had tons of kids. So all of of our Mm -hmm. core group were in the back, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. does it Mm -hmm. with all the kids. We had about 30 people in the first service. And then, and our big vision <laughs> was that, man, maybe someday we could grow to 200 people. And then mm-hmm. if we did, maybe we could help start some other churches around central Arkansas. I say that because the DNA to give away whatever God would give to us was there. And, it, and the idea of, of planting churches was something we really hoped to be able to do someday mm-hmm. from those early uh, beginnings. And then of course, God had a much different idea for us, and we started growing really fast. There was an incredible need for the kind of church that we were uh, planting. God sent us wonderful lay couples from other cities and all around who mm-hmm. were mature in their faith. So all of a sudden, we just had this breadth of lay leadership. And I really think that's one of the reasons we grew. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it was us because we were so smart and and, and so talented at everything, I, I really think that God gave us a, a growing nucleus of people who really owned what God called us out to do. Yeah. And so it That's was. Okay. It, it, what's funny, what's, what's, well, let's say funny. What's interesting about that is for people that are listening to, that have been a part of Fellowship Asheville since the beginning, doesn't all that sound so familiar? Like, except for the bartering part. We didn't, we didn't barter. We just didn't think of it. That's brilliant. We were meeting at the Y uh and um did work for him but we didn't think about exchanging that for rent money but um uh you know god did the same thing here brought really really equipped lay leaders to equip others and um and it 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 grew because of that because it certainly wasn't because we knew what we were doing because we didn't likewise yeah yeah Yeah. so so fast forward to fellowship associates so so you have this growing church uh, and just so people know, Fellowship Little Rock is now how big? 
the church now is about 4,000 people. Yeah. At one time, it was almost 6,000. But we've planted churches out of fellowship mm-hmm. uh, as well. And uh, they have four venues, three off-site, uh, or five, two on-site, and are doing a, are doing a great job. But I came yeah. over here in 2005, and um, and my transition was really great. Um, I think one of the things I learned, and again, I, I've never transitioned from a full-time job before, but mm-hmm. one of the things I learned is that God really called me to work with um, uh, young leaders and church leaders. And he did before I ever left fellowship because it was a frustration to me. We planted about 15 churches before we started Fellowship Associates. Mm-hmm. But we, people were calling and wanting to help or, or we were sending people out and staff out with them, and, you know, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. but you felt like I did anyway. I felt like I was a mile wide and an inch deep and they needed so much more. Yeah, really. And that was frustrating to me. And so I just think God began to put that on my heart. So I knew where I was going and why. Mm -hmm. It kind of got to the point where I wasn't guessing. I knew that I knew in my heart Mm -hmm. that that's what God wanted me to do. So it made my transition really good. And it was celebrated and all that kind of stuff. And I came over here and, and, uh, I uh, hit the ground trying to bring some organization, a different thing, not too much, but uh, enough and begin working with, with church planners. Yeah. So, okay. So what is Fellowship Associates? What's your role there now? What, yeah, tell good. us a little bit about the scope of it. The easiest way to think about Fellowship Associates, and if you walked in our front door, this is how mm-hmm. I'd explain it to you. Okay. You walk into a lobby and in front of you would be this chart of 20 years of ministry of FA with pictures and different things, quotes and things that have happened of every resident we've changed. And I would say to you now, if you want to understand Fellowship Associates, to my left is the Authentic Manhood Division. It's a men's ministry. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Great Adventure, Men's Fraternity, Series 33, all of those things have been developed there and uh, sent out from there and that sort of thing. So that's part of what we do. So it's a manhood ministry. Then on this side is the leadership residency program uh, for church planters. And that's where I office and that's what I give direction to. So I work with the, um, uh, the uh, residents every year. We have other mentors, but I work with them every year and then with our network itself as, as well. Okay. So uh, Fellowship Asheville, just so, so you know, um, Fellowship Associates planted Fellowship Jackson, Jackson, Tennessee. You've heard me talk about being from Jackson, Tennessee. Jackson, Tennessee uh, planted Fellowship Asheville. So we're, we are essentially a grandchild uh, church from, uh, from Fellowship Little Rock, from Fellowship Associates. But, but our partnership is really, really close and, and, and tight, which yes. is great. Yeah, and we, and we love that. And while we're on that, Fred, uh, I just want the congregation to know what a great partner you guys have been from day one. Hmm. You know, a lot of things have happened uh, since yeah. then. <laughs> it's <laughs> it an understatement. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so you, uh, you've been such a good partner, faithful. We, we appreciate your support and your financial support and, and your partnership. And I may have mentioned this earlier, but I'll say it again. I want everyone at the church, 
when I think about you guys, I think about your faithfulness, mm. your courage, your consistency, you're hanging in there, you're, you're fighting through all the, the church planting is hard. It's a glorious adventure uh, for the Lord, but it's very difficult. And I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you. But when I think about Fellowship Asheville, that's what I think about. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What yeah. What does a good day look like for you in, in your job? What makes you light up? The thing, uh, the thing that uh, gives me most joy uh, would be to help you win hmm. or to help our residents win. Uh, in what God is calling them to do. Um, maybe close second to that, uh, because one of the themes, as you know, of our training is in self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Is when I, I see, you know, I see one of our leaders somewhere during the course of the training, all of a sudden, there's like this aha moment for them around understanding who they are and who they're not and Mm-hmm. kind of what the dark side of them is like and what the bright side of them is like and where that warfare that Paul talks about in Galatians 5, where mm-hmm. those things are, are intersecting and owning who they are. Yeah. And then being aware so that their leadership doesn't harm people, but it right. helps people. Right. That, that's a, that's a really big, uh, that's a big win. But when, when a church planter or pastor or whatever goes out and does a great job leading and we've had any, contribution to that at all and it's certainly not all of us but all the time but that that is a big win that's a super bowl for me yeah well to encourage you like y'all have helped me do just that in many ways that that you know my journey into leadership i'm not a a a type a type driven leader um i'm not even um i'm not even a great directional leader to be honest i Ask yeah. me for a three-year plan. I'll be like, I have no idea. I have no idea. I can tell you what the next step is, and I can tell you a good 30-year plan, but um, a three-year plan, I, there's too many variables. I don't know. And what I've learned is that that intuition in me that God has put in me is very is a very valuable gift in the leader. Yes. And y'all have given me the freedom to be the leader that I am, not the leader that I think I should be. Um, right. And it's and it's been a great gift, um, particularly as I've gotten older, to be able to say no to the right things has been a, a great gift. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I appreciate what you're saying. I, I don't I don't think there's just one kind of leader. I mean, right. we could think about G, even Jesus band of brothers, you know, the disciples. Boy, I mean, you talk about a ragtag group. Mm-hmm. Uh, God uses everyone. Uh, in a sense, everyone is is a leader in varying degrees, varying areas, and and all of that. And uh, so, I don't think there's just one size fits all. Um, I would much rather have a humble, teachable, faithful leader than I would the most charismatic communicator and personality you've ever seen. Me too. Me too. So, That's, I'm, not against that. I'm not against them. Yeah, yeah. So, those other aspects are are really are deeply valued by me. Yeah, me, me, me too. Well, what? So that's a good day. What's a bad day for you, and and what gets you through those bad days? Yeah, the, the, the very good question. I think a, a bad day for me 
is when I'm in too big a hurry. Mm. I've overscheduled. I've learned this has been one of the lessons that I've learned personally is that hurry keeps you from being present to anyone, including yourself. So I'm not present to God. I'm not present to you. I'm not, I'm not present. That's not a good place to be. Yeah. So I've been learning a lot about uh, managing my schedule for me at my age, even at my, there's just, you know, all kinds of different things come into play as you might imagine. But so, but hurry, I think if I, I just, I almost hate it now. Mm. But there was a time where, you know, it's how much can I do and get done and check off and, Mm-hmm. And, and all the rest. So I try to work uh, against that so I can remain present uh, to the presence of God in my life. I'll never be 100% on that. I see my inadequacies there, but that would be one thing. Another thing, and this kind of can be related, is this I'm overly tired. Hmm. I just won't, I won't be, I won't be able to be who I need to be mm. for others. Yeah. Kind of drained, you know, you kind of drain down everything. What has helped me a lot, kind of you're uh, connected to that, is just is just the reality that um, self-reliance doesn't work. Mm. It never has. Life is not about me. It never has been. It's always been about him, about the Lord. So simple things like just going going back to, whoa, 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 wait a minute, time out. I'm not trusting the Lord with this. I'm trying to do it myself again, figure it out, get it done, get it under control, all the different things that maybe we all do it at different times. That, just that simple reminder, almost a pause to refocus a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then solitude has become increasingly valuable to me, especially in the last 15 to 20 years. And when I say that, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And just so everyone knows, it doesn't sound a little platitudinous or something. Uh, when I started out, and wanting to kind of move into those waters more and more. Because when I was a young man, I was way too busy for that. <laughs> it's kind of like saying you're too busy for Jesus. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, I started praying that God would give me a desire to desire. Mm. A, a great want prayer. to or want to. A mm. delight to delight in doing so. And I just realized if Jesus died for my inadequacies, and this is one of them, why couldn't I ask him to help help give me a heart's desire to desire to? Yeah. And he did. And it has been a huge game changer for me. Uh, the, and in fact, my wife and I both, and we've been reading a lot of different things and stuff too, but uh, we, we think the last 15 to 20 years of our spiritual journey have been among the very best. Hmm. And we're thrilled. It's just, it's, it's great. Been a great That's great. Adventure. It's been the best because y'all have taken time to slow down together, I'm assuming. We both have done that. Uh, uh, we are reading in a lot of different uh, areas. Uh, uh, some of it, when I use the word contemplative or, or mm-hmm. more or meditation or things like that, 
when I say that word, that's a, to me, that's a person that wants to have as intimate relationship with Christ as they possibly can have. And so I would say, yeah, I want that. I want my, it's like you have a new birth mm-hmm. and which is fantastic. I mean, it's a, a transformation. Uh, but then I believe we have hundreds potentially of, of other spiritual transformations in a friendship if we pursue it. Mm. God loves us. He's near to us. He, uh, I think he wants to share privileged information with us like mm-hmm. he did his disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to be our friend. So he's there. We're just not always there. So that's that journey, if I'm making any sense, that journey yeah. of wanting to, with his help, the help of the Holy Spirit, develop a closer a more intimate, growing, maturing, sanctified uh, friendship with him all the way to stepping into eternity. That's great. And I think that's a lifelong journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for those of you watching and listening right now, see what I mean about Yoda? Like, <laughs> it's, it's so, such, such great stuff. Thank you. Thank you. You're Bill. welcome. Yeah. Um, a couple of last questions, just because I don't want to, I want to be respectful of your time. As you look ahead for Fellowship Associates, wh- what do you hope God does? Another great, you're, you're good at this. You've got some good questions. <laughs> Thanks. Another thing that the Lord has kind of done before us, and I'll tell the story because it, it'll impact you the way it impacted me, hopefully. Mm-hmm. About two, about three years ago, I'd, we sent out a survey to our network. And we were just asking them, hey, we're just catching up. It was real simple. But we had a few questions on there. And a couple of them had to do with, um, have you planted a church or you have an internship program or you working with some churches in your community, you know, how has uh, becoming a church planting church revealed itself in your experience? Because some people will have a fabulous internship and I go, man, mm-hmm. you know, fantastic. And others will plant church and I go, fantastic. And so we waited to get all those back. <laughs> we got them back. We discovered that our churches at that time, about a hundred or so had planted over 200 churches. Wow. And we didn't know that. Wow. So that's how that's what I said. So what we realized is that God gave us what you would dream for, only dream for on day one. Hmm. And that is we recognized we had a multiplying movement of churches. I, I, I really think and uh, at this point, if Fellowship Associates wasn't in place, I really think it would go on. Mm-hmm. And that's just leaders who, who had the same commitment or DNA or heart's desire on day one that we had in 1977. And they were going, well, you know, the Lord willing, and we want to train some pastors or bring them yeah. on and raise them up and send them out or what, however. And um, so to have a multiplying movement, it's really discipleship at its most basic mm-hmm. uh, level. Mm-hmm. We train guys. They go out, they train guys, and God willing, and I even say they establish churches. I'm not just trying to throw out a bunch of numbers because um, if we plant a church and it, you know, it doesn't doesn't right. survive and all, I, I would appreciate everything that happened prior mm-hmm. to that. But to establish churches, 
um, that have a similar heart. And again, uh, not all, every single one of them will plant churches, but right. a lot will. Yeah. And uh, so that would be the dream. That would be the hope for. And um, and the Lord just went out and did it. I mean, we, we weren't even aware of it. And it was shocking to me, just like it was to you. But I'm just yeah. really, really thankful for that. That would be the dream that I think anybody would have doing something like we're doing. Yeah, that's great. You know, God, we feel like God's given us a vision here to plant three churches here in Western North Carolina. Fantastic. And then I'll, I'll leave it to the next leaders to figure out what's after that. But 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 those oh. three, we've, we've started one and it's deepening its roots and 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 trying to get established, you know, it launched right before COVID. And, you know, like yeah. the struggle with that and yeah. um, uh, Fellowship Weaverville. And uh, but they're they're holding on. And uh, they've got another faithful leader in there. You know, Nick uh, is their is their leader. You met Nick once when when he and I met with you, and um, uh, and so he's the lead pastor there. And um, uh, and they're digging those roots, which is which is which is really really good. So awesome. Yeah, yeah. So Bill, if people want to find out more about Fellowship Associates or any of the men's ministry or any more of the the church planting arm, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, I would say the website, uh, fellowshipassociates.com okay. uh, would be the best way. Um, I think I think there's a link there. I haven't looked at that in a good while, but I think there's a link there to the Authentic Manhood Ministries mm-hmm. of Fellowship Associates. If there wasn't uh, Authentic Manhood uh, or uh, Series 31 would get them to that and they could hear a lot more, you know, we have a partnership with Lifeway and have had for a long while now on distributing manhood materials. And there's, mm-hmm. there's way over a million men who've been impacted by that. It's just yeah. unbelievable. And it's wow. all been kind of word of mouth and guys training guys and stuff like that. We're just very, very, very thankful for that. That's great. And, and, and fellowship, we'll put those links in the show notes for you too. But um, Bill, thank you so much. And and if you're watching or listening to this and, and it's been helpful for you, we'd hope that you'd subscribe. That way it's good for us. Um, and the fact that the more subscribers we have, the 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 easier it is to promote this channel. And then two, it's good for you. You get the notifications whenever we put uh, new content out and whenever our sermons are posted and, and fun stuff like this. Um, and so church, as always, I want you to remember that I love you and I love being the church with you. And Bill, thank you so much. And uh, um, uh, we appreciate you. Thank you too. It's been a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Church, I'll see you next time.